Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo-jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. We are going to talk to another Airbnb short-term rental operator, coach, and author. Her name is Kim Kressel. She has been involved in real estate rentals and property manager for more than 20 years. So she has a lot of wisdom and, and we'll try to unravel. We'll try to learn as much as possible in the next 25 to 30 minutes. But her work began with annual lease rentals in key cities, and then she learned how to double and sometimes even triple the rental income by switching to nightly, weekend, and weekly rentals using mm -hmm. available technology platforms like Airbnb, VRBO, Booking.com, and many others. So, of okay. course, this is more about short-term rental, and I have been uh, trying to learn as much as possible in this industry for the last three years. I would have actually acquired a uh, short-term rental right when COVID hit, and somehow I didn't go through with it. So, I, I want to learn as much as possible today, and also for my listeners on how they can just have one or two properties and and make uh, as much uh, dollars as possible, you know, or what they could have made from maybe 10 long-term rentals. So welcome, Kim. Thank you so much, Alpesh. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. So the first question we ask everyone, tell us something yes. interesting or funny about yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I... I Okay. Um, yeah, my partner and I, we were traveling, uh, I think for a trade show up to Chicago and, uh, and then we were coming out of a bar. It was a little bit late at night. This is a few years ago and I could still stay up a little later, but, um, we we're coming out of a bar for some reason we were in a great hurry. And as we headed out of the bar, uh, where we'd been for a little while, um, <laughs> we, uh, we accidentally uh, bumped into our, shall I say, knocked over a woman. And I realized that we have kind of bowled her over. And then I, I'm picking her up by the elbows and kind of lifting her up. And I'm coming face to face with this woman. And I, to my shock and dismay, I'm face to face with Dame Helen Mirren, the famous actor. Whoa, and, and I'm face Helen to face Mirren. with her. Like yeah, what was oh, that movie, The like, Eagle Eyes or something? I wow. know. I was like, I am so sorry. We came eye to eye, and this goes without saying, but she wasn't very happy with me. Right. So if she ever hears your podcast, which I'm sure she will, <laughs> she should know I'm very, very, very sorry. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, she's a she's a good actress. I know. I, I she's like excellent. Yeah, 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 she's really excellent. Oh, that's yeah. funny. So, so yeah. Wow. Close that's encounter. Funny. <laughs> yeah. So. How did you get started with real estate? Well, I it wasn't intentional at all. Um, my partner at the time and I um, worked in corporate America for many years, and as such, we you know being executives of companies, we would get moved around quite a bit. Luckily, oh, we I were see. moved to the same city, so that was quite uh, you know fruitful in most cases. Um, so we typically buy a property or a home wherever we were. It might be Atlanta, it might be Tampa. And then uh, when we got relocated again, instead of selling that home, we're sort, we were sort of sentimental types who would just kind of, and we love real estate. So we would just kind of hang on to it, you know? And so that happened in Atlanta. 
we ended up renting to, I talk about this a little bit in my book, but um, we ended up renting to a producer by the name of Tom Luce. And he actually ended up, this this guy I'm going to tell you about, but he uh, he was like, I'm working on this little show. I'm not sure it's going to be a huge success. And I was like, oh, really? What's the name of your show? And he was like, it's The Walking Dead. And I was oh, like, oh, okay. no, well, Atlanta, we Atlanta makes sense. Yeah, because Atlanta is so uh, like the next yeah. Hollywood. That's yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. So um, he was our, our, our tenant for, you know, maybe a, a year or maybe a year and a half. And what happened from there is we we're like, okay, let's not sell this home. We had then be re- we'd been re- relocated back to I think it was Tampa or someplace in Florida on the Gulf, and um, and so we just we took we t- kept that home and then we put it into the system. You know, at that time it was more about a Verbo. You know, they were vacation rental by owner. Now they like us to pronounce it Verbo as host. Um, but uh, and then we started putting that home and then a couple of others that we had acquired into Verbo did very well. And then over the years, as the, the short-term rental industry involved, uh, evolved, we, then we put it on, of course, Airbnb, and that was a game changer. And then, um, you know, and then we kind of went from there. And then in the last few years, I've even expanded to using booking.com because they now allow individual homeowners to place their homes on Airbnb and Verbo, much like Airbnb and Verbo. I think they're trying to be a competitor to them. It's a little trickier to use the platform because it was designed primarily for multi-units, right. uh, like hotels. <clears throat> but uh, it, that's been a real game changer. That really changed our business about 2018, 2019 was introducing booking.com as well. But I, I, you know, we'll talk about this probably more a little later, but I love all three platforms and for different reasons. But um, I'm very... Um, much of the opinion uh, don't be on you know don't be on one there's a lot of benefit to being on more than one and so i talk about that quite a bit In- interesting because i heard someone one of my other podcast guests saying that <laughs> you know you I got know. to be fo- you got to focus on one platform and i kind of agreed with him but we'll talk about this we'll discuss right. this. yes so, yes what kind of assets do you own right now and why in this market do you only own short-term rentals or do you have long-term rental stocks what all have you are you invested in right so at one point we had up to about uh we had up to i think 10 short-term rentals all operating on airbnb and verbo um now <laughs> i've skinnied skinnied it down to just two and that was by design that happened a couple of years ago and i was like i really you know it was kind of the COVID era and i was like i really want to focus on writing this book um the how to rent your home or space on airbnb and verbo book and then I was like, I want to take this knowledge, these learnings over about 20 years on, you know, these platforms and package them and, and help people, you know, not only those who are just getting started, but those who have been doing it a little while. I mean, I think the, the key thing for me is talking about um, elevating hosting, like doing it professionally, doing it as a hospitality business um, and doing it in a way that, you know, that neighbors and neighborhoods won't despise us. Cause that's a really hot topic right yes, now. There's a lot of, right there's a lot of flack about short-term rentals yep, and it's unfortunate. Yep. Uh, but if we do it right as hosts, then there's nothing to be worried, uh, worried about in our, um, you know, if we follow the practices that I've sort of, you know, honed over 20 years, there's no need for neighbors to be upset and neighborhoods to be upset. And there's, there's, you know, this, this can work for everyone. Got so so yeah. what, what is your personal story with hosting? Okay, my personal story with hosting, I mean, I have done everything from cleaning the toilets to prepping oh, wow. the rooms to 
a four hour, I call it a four hour flip from room to, you know, from guest to guest, coming right. guests leaving, guests That's coming in four hard. hours later. Yeah. You've got multi-units to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've done it. And, you know, it's been a family affair, too. I have two teenagers. Um, they have been, they've had somewhat limited involvement because I wouldn't let them do everything. But there are certain things I asked them to do and help with. And then even today, it's still a family affair because my fiance is great at decor and staging and that sort of thing so that it's really um it's a collective effort it does help if you have more than one person and it's always been such a fan it's been a family endeavor for us so I, I love that you have teenagers and who are involved as well i love involving my kids even in my business even though they are yes. young because one yes. they learn uh, they right. understand what you are doing and third the best thing is you can write off that ex expense <laughs> right exactly because <laughs> i'm paying them salary and i'm yes know, I'm writing off in my business <laughs> right and you can absolutely do that and you know they've been so helpful to me in doing certain things and they've been learning along the way yes. so you know um some family members cannot work together but we've yes. always been able to work together pretty well so that's great yeah, and yeah. I, I know you just mentioned your book. I'm looking forward to read that book as well, How to Rent yeah. Your Home or Space on Airbnb and VRBO. I know I'm going to get an autographed copy. So I'm, I'm sending it to you. I can't yes, wait to read. Thank so, you. Thank you. So you, uh, and, and the reason we wanted to have this episode is that I already had guests who spoke about Airbnb, VRBO, short-term rental. I know the potential myself, but mm -hmm. you have something you call it as great recipe and yes. the recipe is to earn up to six figures or more with just one or two properties so yes can you tell us what is the great stay recipe right well um it's a lot of different things it's like a it's like i say the great stay recipe is a recipe it's a lot of ingredients <laughs> going in to giving the guests an excellent experience but you know it takes into account everything from your decor and staging you know, less is more to um, what I call Higgy or I say Higgy. It's a, it's a word originating from Norway or Denmark, but it's really pronounced Huga, but it's about um, comfort, cozy comfort. Okay. Um, even when it's not winter, but like how does the bath mat feel under your feet? How mm -hmm. do the beds feel? I talk about the uh, heavenly bed that Weston had for many years. Um, oh, yes. They had, you know, they're, 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 they have a certain mattress. They have they certain heavenly. People right. talk about this after they go somewhere yeah. and then they want to emulate it at home. So that's, that's when I talk about elevating hosting. It's, it's every um, detail like that, including, you know, what does your coffee and tea station look like um, to have you stayed in your space? Like, have you spent a night or two? Do you know, like, do you need blackout curtains or do the blinds let the light in the wrong way in the middle of the night, disrupting sleep? So, um, so, it's, um, so it's, Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but it's, it's no. a great point. Have yeah. you stayed in your own property? This is so important, right? Because yes, right. then only you realize, okay, what's missing, what you really need, right? And and again, very right. important point for me personally, I need right. a blackout container. I, I can't sleep. Yes. I need oh, total blackout. So, uh, they're, so they're otherwise, yeah. yeah. So, but sorry, go ahead. I, I just wanted no, to chime no. in. <laughs> no, I'm glad you did. You know, and I, I sleep with blackouts at home too. I can't sleep without <laughs> them anymore. And the guests love it. They're like, oh mm. my gosh, I got the best night's sleep I've gotten in forever. Mm -hmm. If you have small children, the children are going to sleep better if it's darker. They're they're hopefully not going to be bouncing out of bed at 6 a.m. I know some of them do, 
but it gives everybody in the family a little bit more of a chance to sleep in than they might have had otherwise. But uh, so anyway, it's, it's it's a lot of granular detail going into that great stay recipe. But again, staying in the space and really uh, enjoying it and experiencing it like a guest would is so important. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot to it. But you know what? When you get it right, uh, it's it's like magic. And that's how you earn those five star reviews. And, you know, Superhost status on Airbnb and Premier Partner on Verbo. And that's what I look for when I'm booking. I, I want to make sure it's a super host. We just stayed in Hawaii at an Airbnb. I right. loved most of it, but the beds were horrible, right? And then, oh uh, yeah. no, no. So, <laughs> yes. so I, everything else was good, but I'm like, oh, yes. what? The, what is this? They were so. <laughs> I know. Imagine if they changed the bed, you know? Yeah, and that would and be you five make. Star. As- yeah, as a host, you might not be able to do it all right away. You might have to start with what you have. Uh, but, you know, as you keep making money, reinvest it into your home or space and make sure you're always making it a little bit better. And those reviews are going to be your mirror. I mean, they're telling you all the things you're doing right. They're telling you what you need to tweak or change. And I, another tip, I always tell people, if you liked your stay, please post, you know, please, please post that publicly. If there are things we could improve, please send me a private message via and I tell them how to contact me. And, uh, and that way it sort of keeps your reviews, you know, a little cleaner than they might be otherwise. And you kind of direct them, put the positive stuff here. And then if there's something feedback, we need to improve, send it here and let them know feedback is very important and you use it to help drive your business forward. And do they, uh, so that's a great point, but do they actually do that? Or because I know most of the people and, and, and as a human being, a lot of mm-hmm. time we want to post the negative stuff before positive, mm-hmm. right? If it's yeah, or anywhere else, it's a, it's a human nature that, you know, as soon as something doesn't work out, you want to post. But if, if it's great, you may, you're like, yeah, it's okay. I don't need to post. So recently right. when I stayed, Absolutely. It, it's a funny story and it's about Airbnb. That's why I'm mentioning it because I didn't like the bed, but I reached out to the host. And I mentioned mm-hmm. it that, you know, this is, um, and I told them also, you are missing this dishwashing liquid, whatnot. The mm-hmm. next day I had a big bag of, you know, goodie bags, but everything else, which was missing. So uh-huh. I ended up leaving a five-star review because I know they couldn't take care of bed right away, but they took care of a lot of other stuff and left us a lot of stuff to enjoy. So Right, <laughs> right. They want to see, guests want to see some effort, you know, right. if they notice something, I mean, try to be thoughtful in advance, but, uh, you know, they, if they see thoughtful response afterward, that's golden, you know, you're showing that you care because uh, there are some hosts out there who are only in it for the money and they don't care about the guest experience. And if you're in this business, if you want to do well, you really have to, to care about it and make, make the effort, the extra effort. It's not always fun. Running out to get uh, dishwasher pods at 1130 at night is not always fun, you know, and sometimes you have a house manager who could do that for you if you're not physically in the location where you have the rental. But uh, attending to the guest needs is number one and do it right away. That would be my advice. No, I agree. But yeah, yeah. So how can listeners, sorry, good. No, no, it's okay. I was, I just want to say one more thing on the reviews. Actually, my guests do follow that suggested oh, nice. nice request. Like, put the good stuff here. Send the the the, the not the negative feedback, but the, the suggestions for improvement here. They actually do it in most cases. I mean, there are some people who don't. You're always going to get a bad review here or yeah. there. But 
uh, by and large, if you can, you know, just try your best and try to get your systems and people in place in terms of housekeeping and, and the handy person, uh, then, you know, you're going to be in a better position to get those five-star reviews. Set yourself up for success is what I'm trying to say. That's great. Yeah. How can my listeners yeah. use this approach to maximize bookings and earn more rental income? Right. Well, there, I think there's a couple of key points to that. One is um, when I talk about the, the doubling and tripling and the multi-platform approach has a lot to do with that because then you are no longer uh, beholden. I'm sort of jumping tracks here a little, but it is important to this, this question. Um, you're not beholden to say, okay, here's an example. I heard from a client that they were very upset with Airbnb because they've done recent platform changes and all of a sudden they went from having a lot of bookings to having just a few bookings, but they were only on Airbnb. So that's when it's a benefit to be on a different platform like Verbo. Um, because I've found when one is really up and sometimes the other dips, but then it kind of switches and it all balances each other out. You're not, you don't have all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And then you're less susceptible when they make algorithm changes or they change up their system. Then, you know, you're, you're kind of spread across a few different, your property, your listing is spread across a few different platforms. Um, but, but how does, so so that, you know, being multi-platform, that will get you more bookings, but you got to remember to synchronize between the systems and make sure that you're avoiding double bookings. Um, the other thing is, um, of course, in making sure you're making more money. I mean, you can kind of push your rental, uh, your nightlies up a little bit. I use the I use the Verbo market maker feature quite a bit um, to set pricing and see where others are. And then I usually spread that across the other platforms because it is a pretty good tool in terms of seeing what your competition's doing. But right. sometimes you might be leaving money on the table with your, with your, uh, nightly rental fees. And, uh, and so there are things that you can do there to sort of tweak and, and increase your, but the key is making sure you maximize your bookings and then making sure you're charging the right pricing for those bookings, um, being across the multi-platforms and so on and so forth. So that's kind of, I guess the trifecta approach that helps really boost income. But also back to what I was saying earlier, when I added booking.com too, it really gave a shot in the arm to our business. And I think we, we doubled our business once we put our, um, the short-term rentals on booking.com. It was like, wow, just watching it go. It was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty awesome to see an experience. So I, I know you covered my next question a bit, uh, but, let let me rephrase it that what are the pros and cons of being on multiple platforms? Pros and cons. Well, they each have their strengths and I like them <clears throat> all for different reasons. Airbnb kind of caters to the younger, more tech savvy right, traveler. Yeah. Verbo is going to be, generally speaking, there's always exceptions, but they're going to be uh, slightly skewed. I can't talk. Sorry, skew slightly older in terms of age. You'll see more families. You'll see more multi generational families, which they're traveling together in groups more and more. You're, we're seeing that a lot. Um, but you're going to see, uh, generally speaking, sometimes two folks with deeper pockets um, on Verbo. And so, mm. um, and then also, I mean, I've had really good experiences with Verbo over the years, but I will say they do take a bigger chunk of the, the rental pie. They take a bigger percentage of your, of your, um, of your, of, of the nightly, you know, or whatever rate your overall rate, what you're paid out. <laughs> and their Verbo is a little slower to pay than Airbnb. Mm. Um, but I like them for different reasons. And then I would say booking.com 
helps me fill in the times when I don't have somebody on air or somebody on Verbo. Yeah. The booking.com is helping me fill that time. Um, and that booking.com is more of a wide, broad cross section of travelers. Um, but you know, they're doing more and more advertising, which is nice for us as hosts. And, uh, people are becoming more and more aware that they can book on booking.com, even in remote rural areas. I had a booking the other day, come from booking.com and a, a cabin in the middle of nowhere, you know? So it, it's great yeah, that way. That's great. So, um, my, my point about being on one platform, again, I just want to explore this is that mm -hmm. focusing on one platform allows you to boost, I think so, be super host much faster, right? Because you're mm -hmm. focused and that algorithm understands that there are properties available on that platform 365 days, right? Right, So yes. um, <clears throat> maybe if you are trying to get to the super host level faster on Airbnb, uh, is it worth to just focus on it for a bit? And then once you are there, then focus on VRBO and get that whatever it's called, premier uh, host. Mm -hmm. Premier partner, yeah. Premier partner. Yeah. Is it worth doing it that way? Or, they, or you know, just, um, you know, focus on, you know, earning as much income as possible and spread out yourself on multiple platforms. I, I listened to the podcast the other day with the, the, uh, the one, the, the gentleman who was saying he yeah. was pretty much Airbnb centric. That's fine. He seemed to think that approach really worked for him, but I can tell you what's worked for me. And that's having the three working together, but making sure I'm watching them to avoid the, you know, the, the, uh, any double bookings that might arise They're the platforms I've got them all synced together. Um, you know, I think, uh, I, I'm just talking on my own experience that having all three, the key is making sure there's someone staying there every, every night or as, as many nights as you can get. I and I think that's a very successful strategy. When you talk about earning the superhost status, um, you know, and, and premier partner, that's really a mix of factors. Um, how quickly you get back to your guest. Um, Airbnb has gotten very strict on cancellations. If you cancel a certain percentage of your bookings for whatever reason, you can easily lose that superhost status. They're kind of cracking down. Um, so, um, so in answer to your question, it's really about the guest communications on those platforms, and it's really about not canceling if you can avoid it. Of course, if a water main breaks, nice. that's an issue. You can't avoid it. Uh, you won't be penalized for that, of course, but you may have to talk to like Airbnb's customer service or Verbo's customer service or booking.com even. Um, but uh, those, those standards, those, those designations are hard to earn and they're hard to keep. They really are. Right. Um, they, but you know, I think with everything that I've included in the book and then I have online courses coming out this fall, uh, we go pretty deep into these things. Like how do you get the status and how do you, how do you stay there more importantly, especially when they're making the standards even more stringent for hosts to meet than ever yeah. before and yeah i was actually so, going there as well because it's earning is one thing it's like right. earning those million miles but you got to right. stay above and beyond to keep that status <laughs> right exactly exactly and you know what Bo, to an important point like i think you touched on it earlier i if i'm traveling i try to stay in an airbnb or verbal property i um because i prefer that to a hotel actually and, yes. and i know many people do uh, but I do look for the super host and I do look for the premier partners. Too, if they yeah. don't have it, if they don't have it, that's my, that's where I search first, yeah. you know? So there's a lot of benefit and value to going the extra mile to earn that status and that standard. So, so. one more thing about comparing the platform, I think it's just 
being on three platforms is just management is the key, right? The calendar, everything else, responsiveness, all that. But on the flip side, one of the pro I can think of is that you are not relying on that one platform. As you said, one day Airbnb or Verbo changes algorithm, one day they do something else or they they they, they don't want you to be a super host anymore for whatever reason. Then if right. you are in the other platform, you 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 still would be able to continue to earn income right now. Right. So I think, yeah. I think that's, uh, uh, yeah, you are not putting your eggs in one basket. Right. It's like di diversification of your stock portfolio, you yeah. know, just making sure. I think the same principle applies here, at least for me, and it's worked well. Um, and But, you know, it is a little more time consuming to manage, but there are tools that you can yes, use to help no. tie the three together. You probably know this better than yeah. I do. Um, cause I know you're really into technology and applications. <laughs> I sort of tend to do things a little more like low to no tech. And that's, that's how, you know, I sort of coach my clients is like low to no tech, lower those barriers to entry, lower the cost right. barriers to entry, when the technology get barriers get you in. And then later, if you want to add a tech, you know, a software uh, program or application to help you, you know, all the better. So, so uh, the big question now. Mm -hmm. Out of three platforms, which platform add the greatest value? Um, I think, well, I'll answer the question just if it's okay, if I take a little liberty with this. With, I'll tell you, I love them all for different reasons. Airbnb is a little more enjoyable as a host because of the user friendliness, because of the way that things are set up. Um, but there are certain things that are easier to do on air than they are on Verbo. And then there are certain things, you know, and, and then booking.com is a little more difficult because it really is designed for hotels. Mm. Um, I would expect, you know, I, I, to get out my crystal ball one of these days, uh, booking.com might buy a Verbo or, you know, there may be some additional consolidation that we're seeing right now. I think booking.com is really beating a path to try to take Airbnb's market, Verbo's market. Um so I'm not sure if I answered your question. I, <laughs> I do. I enjoy Airbnb. I do not love the Verbo platform. They have updated it quite a bit in the last few years, um, but it's still hard to do certain things. It's a little more time consuming. Um, the communications platform isn't as good. I could go on for about a couple of hours on this subject alone, but, <laughs> um, but still, I love them for different reasons. They're both, uh, you know, they've helped me take these sitting real estate asset assets and turn them into money-making machines in essence that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Oh, and, and then that affords you the lifestyle we were talking about earlier, even before we started the podcast about being able to travel where you want to travel to exotic destinations like Hawaii and the Mediterranean Santorini. That's what you're able to do with short-term rentals. That's why I'm so excited and passionate about it. That's awesome. So, what pitfalls have you learned over the last 20 years that you can help my listeners to avoid? Uh, I have a couple of uh, good ones that I can share that will hopefully help them avoid missteps uh, and issues. One is I haven't found any value really to, to having one night rentals at all, because by the time you pay, unless you're cleaning yourself, um, I wouldn't do a one night rental because by the time you pay your cleaner, your housekeeper, whatnot, you really haven't made that much money after you've paid the platform, you know, what they, you know, they, they charge you and the guest a little bit for that booking. Um, so I don't do nightly rentals anymore. The other thing I would say is decide on your pet policy early because that's a big question. If you're going to be 
pet friendly or if you're going to be no pet um, because that, you know, that there's pros and cons to both. I've done it both ways. Um, but some guests who are traveling are very allergenic. I have a gentleman coming in, in a few days and he's like, I absolutely have to know there were never any dogs or cats in this property I'm coming to. Wow. And I could assure him of that. So set, decide early on your pet policy, what you're going to allow, what you're not going to allow, and then stick to it um, because there are benefits to having a pet friendly place. People are looking for that. A lot of people travel with their cats and dogs. I've even had weird requests like, can I bring my guinea pigs? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I said no to that one. Um, but uh, not because I don't like guinea pigs. It's just there's a lot of shavings and, you know, yeah. and running around. They can. anyway. But uh, so, yeah, so I would say the pet policy would be the, the important consideration as well. Um, and then um, I would absolutely set a policy. I do this myself of no parties because. Yes, the allowing the parties has caused such an issue with Airbnb and it's this big hubbub, oh, at least yeah. locally on the Gulf of Mexico, where I live primarily, um, there are quote unquote party houses that are ruining neighborhoods. It gives all hosts a bad name. So I would say, right. you know, set your policy and say, you know, you may have a larger property and allow a bunch of people, but have standards and try to match the local standards. Like if there's a 10 p.m. quiet ordinance, you know, no noise after 10 p.m., Make sure you have that as a rule in your house rules. Um, but yeah, because that's what's kind of spoiling the short-term rental business for everybody is the negative feedback we're getting from neighborhoods because people come in, they don't, the guests aren't really yeah. um, vetted, they're doing whatever. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but if you um, just set your policies early, you'll have a, a, a greater success. That's awesome. So I have another question about uh, now technology. You say you said that you don't use much, but do you no. have to? Uh, what do you? What does a person need to get started then? Well, you know, it's free and inexpensive to create your listing, whether it's a room in your home or your, you know, some parts of the country you have a base, maybe a finished basement or a finished space that you want to put on. Um, so create your listing. It's free. Put it on both, you know, Airbnb and Verbo. Um, again, like I said, I have looked into platforms that help sync between the software, but I found them more cumbersome than me doing it myself. So <laughs> I ended up saying, you know, I'm not going to invest the money in to do that because it seems even more cumbersome than what I'm doing right now. Um, so, yeah, so I would say the, the barriers to entry. Well, the other important thing I would say is there's a lot of talk online about rental arbitrage, you know, being yes. sort of a middle person between, mm. um, you know, you don't own the home, but you're going to step in and then you're going to yep. take over and sort of be a quasi property manager and fill it with Airbnb and Verbo guests. Um, I find a lot of risk and liability to that. I was talking to my real estate attorney yesterday uh, and, you know, because it's a, it, you hear it a lot. There's a lot of noise out there about it. I don't advocate it. I think it gets a lot messier and there there's more potential risk of litigation. Also yeah. homeowners policies, you can't insure on a property you don't own. And so I talk in the book too about, you know, the liability insurance you should have and how you set up your, you know, how you set up your, your company to um, protect you and your personal assets. But uh, so anyway, it, it's, it's a fascinating industry to be in right now. There's a lot of change there's a lot of dynamic things happening um i find it fascinating and uh, i would just say you know make sure you own your property but overall there's not a huge barrier to entry just hop on and see what happens you know get get your listing out there do it as professionally as you can and then see see what bookings you get great 
So now let's talk about the income side. How can one yes. assess whether a potential rental or you know and its location mm -hmm. will be good or not? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I've been pleasantly surprised over the years. I've had uh, rentals in cities, uh, large cities. I've had them in resort towns. I've had surprisingly one of my best one is is in a rural part of the mountains in Virginia. Um, and I never, sorry, I had a text come through. Um, I never thought that property, I was like, let's put it on, see what happens. And that one sometimes outperforms the others. It's, it's phenomenal. I, I was like, why? <laughs> why, why are people going there? I had to buy the property for a specific reason, a family reason. And, uh, I, when I'm not there, it just rents out like hotcakes. So I think people sometimes can limit themselves in their own mind saying, I'm not sure this will work. I would say. Make sure you check the regulations in your town or municipality to make sure they allow the short-term rentals because there are certain parts of the country where they'll have like a 30-day minimum and that might impact your ability to earn as much as you'd like. Um, but just make sure you study the local rules and regulations. In some places, it's more heavily regulated than others. In some places, it's really not regulated at all. So definitely know your market, but I think a short-term rental can be successful pretty much anywhere in the United States of America wow. based on my own experience. And also, it's a good, I mean, you, I, I, well, I'll let you, Leo, and you're no, 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 because I think, yeah, I think yeah, I know yeah. where it's going, but, but I won't jump, I won't jump the track. So, no, so my uh, next question would be, is it worth doing it in your local market? So, uh, you know, I have been looking all over US, uh, but mm -hmm. when you are getting started, is it worth looking at your local market only? Because it's too expensive here in Bay Area. And even yeah. after, you know, even if it's, you are earning 500, 600 bucks a night, it will still not make sense. So right. what do you suggest to your clients? Right. Well, I would say I would probably, yeah, some areas like I have a client in LA, for example, yeah, exactly. that's a tough market. Denver housing is like, yep. you know, everybody knows that very well. All the Pacific um, Northwest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think um, you want to, just like any other uh, business investment, you want to make sure that you know, sort of run your numbers and make sure that it, you, you have a reasonable ROI. You can look at what other homes in a similar area that you're considering, um, how they're doing. I always like to say, where do I want to go? Where do I want to spend time? Where do I yes, need to spend time? Right. If you have a student going into college, it might make a lot of sense to have, you know, purchase something near where they're going to college, for example, but definitely do your due diligence because, um, you know, you'll, it, it, it's better if it's a place you'd like to visit and a place that you're interested in and passionate about. I and think that's you, my best advice on that one. That's awesome. Do you use yeah. uh, Airbnb to do all your research or do you also use AirDNA or some other platforms to research if it's going to be a good location, maybe crime wise, maybe, you know, rental income wise, all that. And if, if it's, if it's going to be too many Airbnbs in that area. So right. do you, how do you do research? Yeah, so I'm very, I'm aware of Eric DNA. Um, I think it's a great tool. Um, yes, absolutely. I would uh, use that tool to get your research, but also, you know, reading, uh, uh, you can also set Google alerts, of course, on a particular area, whatever you can review crime reports and stuff like that. I tend to be a real seeker and digger of information. So I think the more information you have, the better, whether it's doing platform or whether it's doing your own digging. Um, uh, you know, talk to friends and neighbors in the area, um, you know, also see how things are performing in that market. Go as a 
traveler onto Verbo or Airbnb and see what it's looking like and see the reviews and you can see if places are really booked up that it would be similar to yours. So um, I think it's really a mix. I'm very, uh, I, I really dig deep before I do so. I'm actually looking to purchase another property um, in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia because I have a housekeeping staff there. I have handy, you know, resources to handy, handy people. I don't want to say handy man because it might be handy woman, but um, I have access to people who could easily get from one location to another. So you'd have the economies of scale, you know, that they just go down the road or across the mountain or whatever to get to, um, or, you know, just something that's, that makes sense logistically, uh, you know, is good too, especially in terms also of shipping supplies, like the hotel grade supplies of the mini shampoo bottles and the yes. conditioner bottles and the soap. So do, you know, one drop ship and then have it distributed to one or two properties makes a lot of sense. Oh, that's great. So last question before we take a quick break, what are some of your favorite Airbnb hosting locations? Oh, my favorites. Um, <laughs> I've loved them all for different reasons. Do you mean as a guest or as a host? As a host. Because oh, I want to make sure that, yeah, because, you know, are we, where, where all do you love to go and maybe where all, from where all you'll make yes. the most amount of money, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had a great rental um, here in Sarasota on the Gulf Coast of Mexico, resort town. Uh, a three bedroom, two bath. Those those rent great, by the way. Yes. A three you two need at least incredible. Three two. Yeah, three uh -huh. exactly. Yeah. So I think you guys touched on that before. Um, but uh, that property, I, mean, I was using it from time to time, you know, for my personal use. So it was only a part time rental. I bought it and held it for five years. Um, it was there toward the end of my owning it, uh, just as a part-time rental, it was making, it was uh, around 42,000 a year for a three, two oh, wow. located downtown, but in a transitional neighborhood. Um, Sarasota has a good number of transitional neighborhoods and opportunities. I don't want to bring too many more people to Sarasota because the traffic's getting kind of bad. I know I can't <laughs> complain though, because it's worse than a lot of other areas, but, um, that that property was really cranking at 42, uh, you know, just part time. And that was out without really trying. And so, um, you know, I made the decision to simplify, like I said, skinny down to two properties. But that one was doing really well. Uh, three, two transitional neighborhood, about a 10 minute drive to the beach. It wasn't right on the beach. You don't have to be right on the beach. You don't have to be right in the mountains. You can be 30 or 45 minutes outside of, of those types of natural resources or you know, a, a key destination, like, um, you know, an attraction, like a cultural attraction or something like that. I think you're okay. People don't mind driving. And um, I certainly have seen those still rent very well. So Gulf of Mexico, Sarasota, been great for rentals. Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia have been incredible for me and my family. Um, and then what the Atlanta property did very well too, after we transformed it from the annual lease over, it was uh, situated on the park. Um, you know, like Midtown and Virginia Highlands right on Piedmont Park. That was an incredible rental as well. Midtown, Highland so, area is yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. And the great news is you're you're earning that short-term rental income, but then you hold it for as long as you want. Right. And then you time the market. You, if you want to sell it, you sell it. If not, you hang on to it. But yeah. I, I'm a long-term holder. I hold them right. for 5, 10, 20 years sometimes. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a short-term holder flipper type person. So, but yeah, you know, too. some people do that. Yeah. Some people, the, the buy and hold strategy is a very, uh, I think very solid 
from a you know investment standpoint yeah and and from the long term holder perspective i think you touched on a very good uh, important topic at that if you can time the market no one can time the market but at least you don't have to if you are getting income you don't have to sell it as a loss right if right you exactly have, if you don't have positive cash flow or you are barely breaking even then when right. the time comes you may want to get out of it and maybe that time is not right but if right. you are getting paid i don't have to sell when the right when the property drops 50 percent, i don't care I'm right paid, exactly right? exactly yeah yeah absolutely i mean you know in times of inflation <laughs> I think Elon Musk said recently, you can, a lot of people love him. A lot of people hate Elon Musk, but um, he said in a time of inflation, he'd rather hold tangible assets. And yes. I agree. Like, I think now's, now's a good time. I mean, things are starting to dip a little bit from the housing standpoint. I'm waiting a little bit longer, uh, but I too. think we're going to start <laughs> to see some, we're going to start to see some deals and it's a great thing to hold. And you know, in time of inflation, at least I prefer that as an yeah, investment I, strategy. I'm, I'm keeping some dry powder being ready right now. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So let's, um, let's move on. Let's, um, okay. let's talk about the last five questions I ask every guest. So are you ready for fire round? Yes, yes, I'm ready. Woohoo! We are I'm almost ready. done. Would you be changing any business or investment strategy because of inflation or recession? Because no, we know I, either I, one is coming. You know, either yes, one is here. Yes, to... <laughs> yes inflation's here. I, I already think we're in a recession. I'm not changing anything. I am like you holding my powder, waiting for the right moment. I have a realtor looking right now for. The next thing i'd like it to be close to my existing thing the one i was talking about the blue ridge right. mountains of virginia um no i'm not going to change anything i'm going to keep doing what i've been doing because you know it's been working so well over 20 years um i've been able to quit my nine to five job which i wasn't super crazy about i got out of corporate america after 20 25 years uh and i'm able to be you know the master of my own time by mastering hosting I've been able to gain that freedom. So no, I, I'm going to keep doing it the way I've been doing it and, and uh, hopefully helping other people do it, you know, the, the right way and the, a very, in a very lucrative way as well for them. Favorite real estate finance or business related book other than yours or mine. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I, I can't, I haven't read yours yet, but I'm going to, I'm so excited about it. Um, the the one that I think of the most, I I haven't had time to read a business book lately, but I would say the one that had a huge impact on me was came out probably in the I don't know late nineties, early two thousands, but it was the Four Hour Work Week by Tim oh, Ferriss. Oh yes, that's a great. Yes, book. and you know I, it kind of changed my mindset. Like I'm doing this wrong. I'm spending all this time in an office, and it didn't feel like a fair trade. I'm giving all this time. I'm giving all my family time over. Uh, wasn't getting to take vacations. Sometimes I had to skip when the workload was too heavy. Uh, I regret those moments. And so that one was really like, okay, maybe there's a different way to structure this and do this where I don't have to be beholden to, you know, a corporate job. And I sort of, you know, over the last 20 years, I've taken that and run with it and to be, you know, financially independent and the master of my own time and not be beholden to, you know, reporting to someone else has been, the greatest thing for me because my fiance and my family and I, we love to travel. And that's sort of where we, you know, when I'm not working, when we're not working, that's, that's what we're doing. We're you know, trying to plan the next great trip that we're going to go on. So short-term rentals have done that for us. And uh, we're, we're going to destinations. I never, and doing things I never thought we'd be able to do. Like uh, we just booked a, 
uh, excursion, uh, a week long uh, on a yacht in the Mediterranean, the Santorini nice. and places I've never seen, like the bucket list places yeah. that I've always wanted to go. And, you know, if I had stuck with my corporate gigs, uh, mm, I don't Maybe think not. I would have, I don't think that would have been in the cards for us. So right. it's been a, it's been tremendously uh, life-changing in so many ways. Any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without? Um, for me right now, it's all about the platforms. I'm on them every day. Um, <laughs> you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm not exactly the technology maven. I do keep up with what's going on. Um, I'm I'm spending quite a good bit of time on social media and new trying new things. Um, I'm actually I'm actually going out on TikTok soon. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay, now I've got to master a new platform, you know, so, but it's all about, you know, I just want to spread the word. I want to help other people learn how to be great hosts, or if they're new to it, like just trying it out, uh, you know, whatever their comfort level is, or if they're a veteran, I want them to be able to get even better at it. But I just, I'm trying to reach new people and places I've never reached before. And, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. That's very exciting. Oh, that's great. Any advice for beginner investors? Own the home, own the property, own the space, do what you can. I mean, now is going to be a good time soon, I believe. You know, it's hard to read the tea leaves, but uh, I think we're coming up on a time where we'll be able to snatch up properties. I know in some parts of Virginia that are very beautiful, you know, you can get a property now for, it needs some, it needs work, but you know, $50,000. Um, you know, yeah. So you, yeah, I mean, I, I actually probably eight years ago picked up five acres and a house for $26,000. So there are certain markets. I have a friend who I helped her get on Airbnb and Verbo with her property. It was in uh, Mississippi. It was a fixer upper, a small town. And that thing is going like gangbusters in a small town in Mississippi. And, uh, that's truly, you know, it's changed their life. So, um, I'd say just try to buy something and jump in and go for it and see what happens. Oh, I think I lost you on the audio there. How do you give back? Uh, how do I give back? Um, giving back's always been in my family's DNA. Um, I talk some about this in online books and articles, but uh, we started a hybrid hospitality concept with a boutique N and those rooms were all rented on, you know, the different platforms. Um, but over the time of owning that space, which is still around, it's called the reserve retreat, but, uh, you know, we donated time donations and venue space to over like 50 nonprofit organizations. Um, I'm typically sit on a board of directors for an organization right now. I'm on the board of directors for a healthy start coalition. They help women, infants, and children get a better start uh-huh. in the early years, providing what's needed for, you know, a, a baby or a young child to grow and develop in a, in a you know, in a, a good way. Um, and then also when I was in New York City, I was, I was uh, working with some nonprofit clients on grant writing and I helped one of my nonprofits uh, win a million dollar grant uh, from the city for, to help at risk and, you know, children who needed uh, preschool education uh, to hopefully help them get a better start in life. So I've always been deeply involved in education um and uh just giving back and my partner is a retired marine and uh and she's a mental health therapist and she counsels veterans all the time so it's when we're not working we're not working on the short-term rentals you know it's really important that we all give back to the extent we can and all the ways we can and i'm trying to instill that in my children as well so that's awesome how can my listeners reach out to you 
Um, I am building my website. It'll be up and live by the end of uh, August, a new and improved website. I'm on Facebook. I have both a personal page that I do allow connections. And then um, I have a Facebook page, how to rent your home or space on Airbnb and Verbo. Uh, the same as it's the same as the book title. Um, and then I'm on most social media from I'll be on TikTok here in probably in a few days, but Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn as well. Uh, you can just look me up by name. I lost the audio again. Sorry. Thank you so much, Kim, for your time. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I love talking about this and I can't wait to read your book and uh, I'll keep listening because you are doing such a great job with all the financial advice and I, I'm going to learn a lot from you in this channel as well. Oh, much appreciated. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.